bags. And so for those of you who don't know, in case you don't live in New York State, in case you haven't seen the news, today, March 1st, starts the New York State plastic bag ban. So those little plastic bags you get at the grocery store, you can no longer get those. And so we have a solution, and here it is, right? Obviously, these are being sold. You can buy one of these. You can pick it up. But here we go. Redeeming Love Church grocery bags. Come on. And so why are we doing this? We're doing this for a couple reasons. Number one, listen, I'm not going to get into the political aspects of the bags and everything and the law. We don't need to go there because politics is a, is a deep hole that we will not get out of. But what I do want to say is that I'm in support of this because we have been charged with taking care of the earth. Genesis 2.15, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Have we been taking care of the earth? Are we doing a good job? And so, I don't know, I mean, global warming and all this stuff, you know, we could talk, uh, again, you know, we're getting into the political realm. We could be dangerous, man. We could, people could be offended in a heartbeat. I don't want to become political, but are we taking care of the earth? Are we taking care of the earth? Listen, you know, we only can do what we know to do, and we don't know everything that we should do, and should we all buy an electric car? So this is a question. So, you know, and now you, we could ask these questions about any number of a million things. You guys love your electric cars. I love it for you. And so, but I bring that point up because I just recently read a report which said that if you have a hybrid electric car, right, uh, it's the equivalent, the, the carbon, the amount of carbon that's put into the air in the production of the um, batteries and the electricity, if you're getting 50 to 60 miles an hour with an electric, hybrid electric car, it's the equivalent of driving a gas vehicle that gets 30. Same amount of carbon into the air, right? And so if you're getting 50 to 60 with the electric, it's the same as getting 30 with a gas, same amount of pollution. So what's better for the earth? It's just a benchmark, right? And so, we, and so just, this is, the, this is some of the stuff where we don't even need to go there, right? It gets way too difficult for us to understand this. I'm not a scientist, but I know that I'm supposed to take care of the earth. And this is something that's real simple, that's real easy, that we can do. And so when I go to the grocery market, I've got this blue bag that really sticks out. And so I took my grocery bag, because right, I, I, I got one early, because I have, I have a little inside information here. And uh, so I got my bag early. And so Friday, I went to the grocery market. And I'm standing there in the grocery market with my bright blue bag in Clifton Park, because that's where I shop. That's where I live. That's where I shop. And so somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you're a rich medic's son. Like, yep, yep, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. We've got to learn to not be offended because the moment that we're offended, we're not going to share the love of Christ. And so I'm not offended. And, I, and so I, I recognized this young lady, and I couldn't remember her name, but I knew that she was Alan Kowski's daughter. And so I said, yeah, you're Alan Kowski's daughter. She couldn't remember my name. I couldn't remember her. Fair play. <laughs> And so, you know, then I, we just struck up conversation. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, she's like, oh, I just graduated from this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. And I'm like, oh. And so she says, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a pastor at Redeeming Love Church. And I pointed to the back. 
So then I handed her an invite card. I invited her to church. She said, yeah, I might come sometime. So it's just that simple. And so here's the bag. This, what are we doing this for? We do care for the earth. Don't, don't, I don't want to downplay that. And so we put the scripture on there because people are going to ask you, why did, why did your church hand out those bags? Because we're supposed to care for the earth. This is our church. You should come. Why did we put these bags out? Why did we put these in your hands? I mean, you could have just gone to the store and bought one. This is a witnessing tool, right? Back in the day, we had tracks. We have these engaged. We have these invite cards, you know, come to church. This is a witnessing tool. Listen, all the other bags you're buying, I've seen them. We've got them. They're green. They've got flowers on them. They're pretty. They don't make them bright blue like this. They don't. <laughs> so you're going to be walking through the store, and someone's going to see your bag, and somebody's going to say, hey, that's, a, that's an awful looking bag. <laughs> Thanks. 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 I, it is an awful looking bag. You know, my church gave these out. <laughs> what? Yeah, we believe in taking care of the earth. My church gave these out because we're supporting the plastic bag ban. And so, wow, that's kind of interesting. I've never heard of a church doing that before. Yeah, you should come. Have an invite card ready. We actually, we, we did this, right? We, mine doesn't, I didn't get the one, but you've got them, and they're clipped right to the bag. Look at the little clip. I love it. Right? And so they're clipped. You could leave them clipped right in the bag if that, you don't like to put them in, I put them in my pocket. I keep them right here in my back pocket so that when I don't have a bag, I still got them in my pocket. I also have some more in my wallet. Never without an invite card. Don't ever be without an invite card. Okay? So if you got to keep, leave them clipped to the inside of the bag, leave them clipped to the inside of the bag. You're in the grocery market and somebody's like, hey, that's a pretty cool bag. Where did you get that? My church gave them out. Redeeming Love Church. We're in Troy. Yeah, you should come sometime. Listen, I don't care if you live in Waterville, Schenectady, Clifton Park. I've invited more people from Clifton Park. There's a whole bunch of people here from Clifton Park. Several people here from Schenectady, Waterville, Delmar. They come from all over. Why? Because God's doing something here. And so it's, it's just that simple. Just invite someone to church. This is a tool to strike up conversation so that you can invite someone to church. It's a tool to invite someone to church. It's a tool to do what? What's our responsibility? To invite someone to church. So just invite someone to church. All right. Good enough. Let's, here you go. Thank you. Awesome. So I want to continue. I want to, I want to attempt to wrap up uh, this week's message. And today's, uh, I, want to, I want to attempt to wrap up this sermon series, The Authority of the Believer, uh, untapped, talking about the authority of the believer. Today I want to talk about kinetic faith. Last week, Jamie entitled his message, Untapped Potential right? And we have untapped potential on the inside of us. How many of us remember earth science from ninth grade? How many, of, how many of us know what potential is? How many of us could put out a good definition of potential? How, what is kinetic? What does kinetic mean? How many of us could put out a good definition of kinetic? I bet you you could. All right, so listen, a little bit of review, ninth grade review, ninth grade review. Potential is when there's energy, but there's no movement. Okay, so imagine we, have a, imagine we have a slope, and there's a ball at the top of the slope, and gravity is acting upon this ball. There's kinetic there as long as the ball's not moving. Maybe there's a rock underneath that's blocking it from rolling down the hill, right? There's no movement. Gravity's on it. 
And there's potential for this rock or this ball to roll down the hill. Indiana Jones, right? The rock rolls down after him, right? There's potential when it's sitting still. But when the impediment, that thing that's holding it back is removed and it starts to move, that potential becomes kinetic, right? So we're no longer going to talk about the untapped potential. We're going to talk about the kinetic faith of us as believers. We're going to talk about what it looks like when our faith begins to take on movement. Because our faith was never meant just for us. It was meant for us to go and to do. And we're going to look at what that means today. Let's look at this scripture. Nobody likes James. One of the, one of the uh, old-time theologians said, uh, 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 the, the gospel of James is a very strawy uh, gospel as it relates to the preaching of the gospel. And it's a gospel of straw. It means that there's not much there. And, it, and so if we break that apart in relation to preaching the gospel, maybe yes, but James has a way of laying things out and he's very blunt. And so he may not talk a lot about sharing the gospel, but he's very blunt about how we're to live as Christians. And so maybe I quote from James often, but I like the directness of James. I like the directness. There's no, there's no second guessing what he's saying. James 2, 14 through 17. What is it my, what does it profit my brethren? If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James. So technically, James is a surname of Jacob. In Hebrew, his name would have been Yaakov. Jacob, we've, we've broken it down now. It's James. It's fine. Just want to let you know that. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Potential in the bank without some kinetic rolling out dead faith. It's dead faith. It's dead faith. God wants us to move. God wants us to do something. God wants us to be active. Take your faith and go and do something. Go and do something. We're going to take a look at what that means today. A few different things. Here's four things, four things that we can do. Pray, go, obey, and serve. Pray with authority. We need to learn to be men and women that pray with authority. What does it mean to pray with authority? We need to learn to go in love because it's not enough that we go and be obtuse. And, you know, we need to go in love. We need to obey willingly and joyfully. And we need to serve with humility. And so we're going to take a look at each one of these Mark eleven twenty four says this. It says, therefore, I say to you that whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. First thing we need to do as believers to, to make our faith kinetic, to put movement to our faith, is we need to begin to pray with authority. We need to begin to pray and believe that God wants to give us the things that we're asking for. 
We pray. Come on. We pray. You guys have been praying. You guys are entered into the 40-day fast. You're praying every day. We pray all the time. I know you're praying all the time. Are you seeing the results to your prayers? Are we, are we not? Are we praying and are we believing that we're going to receive the things that we're asking God for in prayer? There used to be a cult across the street from my nursery. Uh, it, was, it was around and then all of a sudden they bought the place across the street from the place where I used to work. And so we, I used to pray every day. Every time I walk, you know, the, the nursery's here and my house is over there. So I'd leave the nursery and I'm going home. And there's that, there's that cult. And so I just start to pray. They were not even there. I'm just praying. Lord, take that thing down. God rebuke that thing. Destroy that thing in the name of Jesus. And I prayed believing. Now it took a number of years for God to remove it, but it's gone. It's not there anymore. The building's for sale. The cult's gone. The guy, the, the head of it's arrested. He's in prison. I don't know what he went to jail for, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's done. It's over. God took it away. We prayed, believing in faith. God took it away. Pray believing. I, don't, I may not see it today. I'm believing for it tomorrow. I may not see it today. I'm believing for it tomorrow. Pray with authority. Pray believing that God wants to do what you're asking for. We don't need, praying with authority is not begging God. Oh God, would you please? I'm just, you know. No, God wants to do things more than you want to do them. God wants to see people saved more than you want to see people saved. God wants to see his kingdom come on the earth more than you are willing to see his kingdom come on the earth. You want to challenge God in this area? You'll lose every time. Jesus prayed and said, we sang the song, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed, bring the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. I haven't seen it yet. I'm still praying for it. I'm still looking for it. I'm still believing for it. God wants to bring his kingdom in more of a way than we want it to come. We do need to be persistent. Listen, I prayed for that, that place to be gone and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and my faith didn't waver. I just said, God, you need to take it down. God, I don't know why I haven't taken it down yet. Take it down, take it out, take them, get rid of it. And then eventually the day came and hit the news. Boom, gone. We, we, need, to, we need to, like the, like the widow, uh, like, the, like the widow who just would not leave the judge alone. We need to just continue. We don't let the Lord, we don't let the Lord go, God, I know this is your will. God, I know this is your will. One of two things is going to happen. One of two things is going to happen. God's going to move or he's going to change my heart. God puts that in my heart to pray to break the power of this cult. One of two things has got to move. There's only two things that are going to move here. Either that cult is going to go down or God's going to change my heart. I know this isn't God's will that that place remain. And so God's going to have to intervene and send me some kind of a special message that I can stop praying for this or else it's got to go. And so I set myself to pray until I see the results that I'm asking God for. We need to be persistent. You gotta, we got to remember, God wants to give us these things. Matthew 7 says this. It says, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you? We give good gifts to our kids. God wants to give us way better gifts than we're giving our own kids. 
God wants to do this. And so there, sometimes there's limiting factors. Sometimes there's limiting factors in us. Sometimes it's not time yet. It took years for that, fa- for that cult to be broken and be gone. I don't know why. God doesn't give us the why. We got to remember, it's the, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is scripture. Mark, it's Luke 9, Luke 9, 11. Luke 12, 32. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is the authority that we have. We have the authority of the kingdom. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, Jesus gives it to us. We have his authority. We are the kings and priests to our God right here and right now. Let's execute the authority that we've been given. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to ask God. God will give you authority. And and so this is how it starts. First thing God's going to do is he's going to give you authority in your own home. Right? Gives you authority in your home. Then he's like, okay, you've been faithful there. Now we're going to give you authority here. Okay, now now you're going to... Right? So God started with me. He gave me authority in my house. Now there's authority. Right? God, God saw fit. I was faithful. He rose me up. I became a youth pastor. Authority over the youth group. Now there's authority over the church. I'm praying for authority over the city. I want authority over the city. When I walk through the city of Troy, I want authority. This is what I'm praying for. This is what I'm asking God for. Pray for me that I would have that authority. The Apostle Paul spoke to his people, spoke to the people who he taught and who he led, and he said, pray for me that the gospel that I preach would be effective. Listen, I'm asking, pray for me. We're going to look at a scripture in a minute, Joshua. Let me ask you a question, right? Theologians and uh, those of us who love doctrine, let's make our heads hurt for a minute, okay? Can we do this? Let's make our head hurt for a minute. Can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? Yes or no? What about the free will of man? He's given us a choice. If God's sovereignty can override the free will of men, then what's our free will? <laughs> Love it. Is your head hurt yet? All right. This is why they call what? That's why they call it gray matter. Gray matter. <laughs> uh, all right. So little demonstration. Mom, come on up here. I'm going to have my mom come up. Mom's going to be the stand-in for God. I didn't call anybody else up because none of y'all are humble enough for that. Mom's good. And Fred's going to be my unsaved guy. Fred's going to be my unsaved guy. Fred's, Fred loves me, and Fred knows that this is just a demonstration, and, and Fred can handle being over here, right? And so here we go. It's God's will that everyone in the entire world is saved. We know this because the Bible tells us. All right? Agreed? Agreed. God has given man free will to choose to follow God or not. Agreed? So we have an impasse because God wants everyone saved. Men don't want to come to God. Scripture tells us this. So what do we do? We have this quandary. We have this impasse. We have this unbalanced equation. And so what do we do? K 
Can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? I say yes, absolutely, every single time. Also, we know that Scripture says, uh, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the path, and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. And many are they that enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road which leads to life, and few are they that find it. So we know that although it's God's will that everyone's saved, everyone will not be saved. Scripture tells us. And so how do we get from here to there? How do we get from here to there? Can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? Yes. Why? Because of the authority of the believer. God won't overstep the will of man, but I can. And I will. I'm going to start to pray for this man because I love him. And I can't imagine an eternity without him. And so I'm just going to start to pray. And so I'm praying and I'm saying, God, Take his heart. God change his heart. God change his heart. And like, like I prayed for that, that uh, cult to be broken down for years sometimes. Come on, we pray. Can God save? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? I say yes. Other people may have a different answer. I say yes. I say yes. I say if we as believers take the authority that we've been given and begin to pray with the authority of God for people to come to Christ, that they will come to Christ. God will soften their heart. God will remove everything that hinders love. It's what he wants to do. He's going to remove those things that are in our way that we can't feel the love of God so that we can come back, so that we can return to God every single time. Come on. Listen, there's many questions like this, right? Can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? It's, it's not a yes or no question. We should never ask it that way. I don't even think yes is the right answer. I said yes. I don't even, think, I don't even know that yes is the right answer. Can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? Sometimes. Jesus, they, they asked Jesus a question, right? The Sadducees came to ask Jesus a question to trick him. And so we have to know that the Sadducees, the Sadducees, uh, didn't believe in the resurrection, but then they asked him a question. They said, this man had a wife, and, the bro- and he died, and then the brother married him, and then the brother died, and, the- and so there were seven brothers, and they all married the woman, and then finally the woman died. This is scripture. And then finally the woman died, and so then they asked, and they said, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? And so Jesus answered and said, no, you're mistaken. <laughs> he doesn't- Here's multiple choice, one through seven. Pick one through seven. No, you're wrong. Wait, because you do not know the scriptures nor the glory of God. Can, can, can God save someone who doesn't want to be saved? No, you're mistaken. Hold up. <laughs> you're mistaken. You're asking the wrong question. I'm not a bad theologian. I'm not a bad doctrine person, right? I, I figured it out. But the problem is, is that more often than not, we have to hold opposite things in, in contrast. We have to hold the sovereignty God with the free will of men. How does that work? God sends us. Begin to pray with authority. 
God sends us. Begin to pray with authority that God's will would be executed in the earth. God does nothing apart from his servants. God, Psalm 25, God does nothing unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. He knows what you need. Here's what I'm talking about. Matt, uh, we missed the scripture. Oh, okay. Hang on. We're good. Didn't miss it. Where am I at? Ah, I'm lost. There we go. That's the right one. Sorry, guys. I lost my place. I got so excited. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go. Go. We need to just put feet to our faith. Go and do what? Go and do everything that God's speaking to you. Go. Go everywhere. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and multiply what I have done in you everywhere you go. Go. Go with the authority. All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. Therefore, because of the authority has been given to me, it's been given to you. Go. Authority over my house, authority over my home. I want the authority of Joshua. There's a word that Jesus often used. He used it a couple times. Paul used it a few times. It's the word apostle. Okay, and I want to just take a break here for a minute because he says, go and make disciples of all the earth. And he referred to his own people. He referred to the apostles as these apostles. But apostles is not a Hebrew word. It's a Greek word. And there's no Hebrew equivalent, right? And so it's very interesting that Jesus came in the time that he did. He came at the perfection of time, right? And so he uses this word apostle, apostolos in the Greek, and so he uses this word, which has no Hebrew equivalent. And he says, you are my apostles. Paul says, you know, there's the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher, the apostle, right? The apostle. And so what is an apostle? And so in the Greek, the word apostle meant the lead ship in an armada of ships, okay? And so imagine, if you will, there's 20 ships out on the ocean, and there's one ship that's out in front, and it's leading the way as to where to go. Right? Who's ever charting the course is on that first ship, and they're telling everybody else how it's going to be. And everybody else is just following them. Right? And so this is what apostle means in the Greek. When it comes to the Roman Empire, 300 years later, we have a different definition. The Romans adopted this word too, but in the Roman culture, an apostle was one who went and set the culture. Okay? So when the Romans would come in and conquer a place, they sent someone there who was very Roman, and it was their responsibility to establish the Roman culture in that place. And God has called us and made us apostles here on the earth. Go and make culture. Go and bring the kingdom wherever you find yourself. Everywhere you go, take authority there and bring the kingdom culture. This is the call of God on our lives. Everyone, everyone's to do it. We're all to do it. In a sense, we're all apostles. Although in modern terminology, right, in modern church, we've taken, we've made the, the word apostle mean something totally different. So don't go around saying, I'm an apostle, because everybody's going to take it wrong, right? Just know that you're to move and bring the kingdom of God, bring the culture of God everywhere you go. What does it look like? It looks like us being kind to one another and holding the door for one another. It really starts out that simple. It, it, it starts by us seeing someone 
who need someone to talk to and us just striking up conversation and giving up an hour of our day so that we can talk with them so that they can talk with someone because they need someone to talk to. It starts with us just, you know, what did Jesus say? You know, who's ever given a drink of of water, who's ever clothed the naked, who's ever visited those in prison, who's ever prayed for those who are sick, visited those who are sick, all of this stuff. This is all the kingdom. Visit the sick, visit the imprisoned, visit this, visit that. Take care of those who have less. Take care of those who have need. There's everywhere we go, we find needs. Everywhere we go, we find opportunity to begin to practice what Jesus told us to go and do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and be an example. Go and and win all people to Christ and help them to establish the kingdom the same way that I'm establishing the kingdom, the way that you're establishing the kingdom. Go, teach them to do the same thing. Establish this kingdom everywhere, throughout the whole earth. Go. In loving others, in being an example of how we are to behave, in showing respect, in showing honor, these are the ways that we bring the kingdom. Listen, why do we, why do we have to bring the kingdom like that? The kingdom, of, the kingdom doesn't get brought by us just speaking the word. It's not enough for us to go out and just say, God loves you. This is what James was saying, be warm and be well fed. It's not enough. We need to take it one step further. And maybe that's praying for them. Maybe that's meeting some kind of a need. Maybe that's leaving them an over and above generous tip. I don't know what it looks like. You've got to pray and ask God in the moment, what do I do here? People want to know that you care before they care about what you know. And so if people don't know that you care, they don't care what you know. And so if we don't show them the love of Christ, they'll never care to know that we know the way to heaven because they won't even believe us. Because if the love of Christ not, is not in us, listen, you can serve people without loving God. That's possible. It's very possible. Right? I can just in my own strength go out and start serving people. But you cannot love God and not serve people. Can't do it. If you love God and you really press in and you really grab a hold of his heart, there's no way you can't serve other people. Can't do it. If you're not serving other people, then you don't really love God. This is what 1 John says. Who of you, right, can say to your, can say to God, you know, I love you, but you don't love your brother. Can't do it. It's not possible. We've got two more points. We don't have time for that today. I'm going to have to finish this next week. Don't miss next week. You got to hear the next two points. Obey. Do I have one more here? Okay, I'll do one more slide. I can do this one. This is what I was talking about with Joshua. This is what I was talking about with Joshua. Listen to what Joshua, listen to what God said to Joshua. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. How far does this authority thing go? Remember I said we we have authority over our home, authority in, in the church, authority in our workplace. How far does this authority go? Everywhere where you have set your foot, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness of of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall your territory be. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as it was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be Be strong and of good courage." Every place where you go, every place where you set your foot, I'm giving you authority over that place. 
every place. This is the authority that I'm beginning to ask God for because I know that it's time for me to enter into this type of authority. There's been a time where this hasn't been the plan, but now this is, the, this is the plan of God for my life in this hour. Pray with me. Pray for me. I'm believing God that in these next days that God's going to begin to pour out his spirit, that the kingdom's about to come. Revival's about to hit redeeming love. When revival hits redeeming love, it's going to start to hit other churches in the Troy area. We're going to start to see revival break out because, because, because it's time and for no other reason. I don't know. I don't ask questions why now and not that. I don't know. Don't ask such silly questions. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it's in there, trust me. It's a little different. I'm paraphrasing. Matt's version. Getting in trouble. Can I get somebody on the piano? This will help. <laughs> go. 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 Listen, I, I, let me say this. Maybe it was in the last slide. Maybe it's in the next slide. I want to say this today anyways. We don't, get, we don't get authority by being loud. Right? Hey, hey, hey. Right? That doesn't give me any authority. I'm just being obnoxious. I'm going to speak and nobody's going to listen to me anyways. How do I get authority? I get authority over time and consistency. I get authority by obeying God over time by doing what he's asked me to do time and time and time again. And it's God who gives. And so then over time, now I have authority. See, and what happens is now I have authority. And so let's say there's, there's a room of 100 people, which is probably about that many, right? And so I'm on this side of the room and God's given me authority over the whole place, right? And so I see somebody on the other side that's doing something they shouldn't be doing, right? This is, go back to when we had kids, right? And so I say, hey, don't do that. And so they recognize the authority in me and they obey. But if they don't know who I am, they're like, who are you? Who are you to tell me anything? When our kids were little, we had this thing. It was one, two, three, right? When they're doing something, don't do that, right? And you've got until the count of three. And so we taught our kids and they knew. We hit three, oh man, they were in trouble. And so one, right? And there's a little, just a little snap in the voice, right? And so two. And so one time we had this... Um, they had this friend that was staying over, and uh, they walked out towards this. We didn't have a fence up in our yard at the time, and so they walked out towards this place where there was a, a sharp bank that went down. And so my wife runs out and says, get away from that bank. She's the mom. She has authority. She's earned that authority. The kids have recognized that authority in her. But the friend was new and didn't recognize the authority. Neither had she been taught authority in her own home. And so my wife says, get away from that bank. And so my daughter was with the friend, and so my daughter starts, walks away from the bank. But the other, the other kid was like, who do you think you are to tell me what to do? I'll walk closer to the bank. So, so then my wife's like, one. All right, so friend, you can tell her, like, you have to do the count of three to get over here. One. My kids were like, you better get over there. You don't want to get her get to three. You don't want that to happen. They recognize the authority. It takes time to earn that authority. We need to walk. <laughs> we need to <laughs> praise God. Praise God. God is so good. 
God is so good. We need to set the parameters for the authority with those that are around us. We need to begin to be, we begin by being an example. And then when the example of our life is recognized, then we can begin to teach others what it is that we've done. And then when they recognize that what we've taught them is right, then we have the authority to speak into their life. This is where our spiritual mentor comes in and says, don't do that. It's because of relationship. Listen, you should have a spiritual mentor. You should have an old person in your life. You should have a spiritual mentor to the place where you tell them what you're planning on doing. They say, that's not a good idea. And you say, okay. Do you have that kind of person in your life? Listen, right now, if I call Pastor Tom and say, Pastor Tom, this is what I'm planning on doing. We're going to grab the whole church. We're all going to walk down the street. We're all going to walk right down Hoosick Street to the bottom of the hill. And we're going to stand and we're going to block traffic. And he said, don't do that. I'd say, okay. <laughs> Pastor Tom, I heard God say, we're to go block traffic. That's not God, Pastor Matt. Okay. Do, you, do we all, do we, listen, I'm not saying this because I, I'm trying to put anybody under condemnation. This, this is so that your life goes well. This is just so that your life goes well, so that you don't have problems, so that you don't let down uh, friends, family members, teammates. It's so that we can live together in community. Listen, that's not a good idea. <laughs> oh. Jesus. 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 God, I pray right now that you would give us the authority. God, that you would, you've already given it to us. God, that you would help us to understand the authority that we've been given, that we would begin to walk in the authority that you have given us. And God, that we would see your kingdom come here on the earth as it is in heaven. God, that your spoken word, that your will would be done here at Redeeming Love as it is in heaven. No more sickness, no more disease, no more crying, no more pain. Salvations, everyone walk through the door, come to know Jesus. Come on, come on. God, bring your will, bring your will. God, bring your authority in this place. God, that we would be those who would execute your authority in this day and in this age. That we would execute your kingdom by your authority, with your authority that we would be kings and priests on this earth, that we would take the authority that's been given us and that we would go and we'd win a city for Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, if you've never made a decision to follow him as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that today. We've all made this decision here, Every, most of us, anybody here that's called ourselves a Christian, all of us as members, we've all made this decision to follow Christ. And so if you hear what I'm saying today, talking about this relationship, and you're like, yeah, I want to have a relationship with Christ, I don't really have that, then I want to pray and I want to invite you to pray with me and say this, just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, come and live inside my heart, fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. 
and help me to live for you all of the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today, you just became a Christian. You just got introduced to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do uh, just one thing. On your Engage card, there's a little box that says, Today I follow Jesus as Lord and Savior for the first time. If you made that decision, if you prayed that prayer, God, the Bible tells us to do that one thing, to, to tell somebody, and you're checking that box as your way of telling me. So check that box on your Engage card, if you would. Listen, I want us to begin to pray with the authority that we've been given. There's a second box on that Engage card for you to check this week, but we'll get to that next week. It's more, it's a, it's a little different. We're going to take communion now.